This is the Millennium Beat, where we like to tell you stories from around the world. We like to encourage you, uplift you. My name is Kevin James, and I'm your host. I'm not in the studios today. I happen to be down in Port St. Lucie, Florida, meeting with Donald and Katie Nally in their home, and I appreciate them opening up their doors to me today. Let me tell you a little bit about Donald and Katie. They've been called by God to nations around the world. They've witnessed the saving power of Jesus Christ in many nations and continents. The dead have rised. The crippled have walked. The deaf hear. The blind eyes are open. Signs and wonders follow them everywhere they go. Again, i like to thank Donald and Katie for opening up their house. We appreciate you for coming to our home, and, and you're welcome here. Thank you. Thank our you home is your home. Okay, it's good. Then I might take that, that chair and sleep in it and said I don't have to drive home tonight. <laughs> But uh, we are going to have an exciting time. Donald and Katie, I've known them for a few years now, and um, they got a lot of things that they can share. They're missionaries to the world, basically. But let's find out a little bit about who is Donald and Katie now. Well, let me tell you who Donald isn't. Well, (laughs) Donald was a drug dealer and a drug addict for some 34 years, but about 15 years ago, I had an encounter with Christ, and that encounter in a prison cell, um, it changed my life because I realized that Donald's a son of God. That's right. You know, the, the Bible says in John 1, 12, that as many as receive Christ, he's given us the right, the power, and the authority to become his own sons and daughters. Right. And that's who Donald is. I identify with Christ now. My identity's in him. And um, so I'll let my, turn it over to my lovely wife. Okay, well... Katie's an average girl, I think. I grew up in a formal church in Massachusetts. I always believed in God, but I really had no understanding of a relationship with God till I was 21. And uh, somebody invited me to a home Bible study, and at that night I received Christ. Um, and that did change my whole understanding of who God was. Um, I did get married. I had three children was married for 23 years, and then got separated. So after 31 years, um, we, we divorced, and uh, a short time after that, I moved to Florida. Uh, in Florida, I attended a, an evangelical school, a school for evangelism, learning how to go out in the street and witness to people. And that's where I met Donald. Cool. I, so I am a daughter of God. That's right. So you lived in Massachusetts, and then you moved to Florida, and that's where you met Donald. Yes. That's right? Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm another Massachusetts person, <laughs> and the guy that does my co-host Spanish show is not from Massachusetts, but he's from New Jersey, I think, somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Originally from Puerto Rico, but then New Jersey. So it seems like I run into a lot of Northerners here. <laughs> yeah. It's just something that's... But it shows you the divine purpose of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, that... You didn't meet her up there. You met her down, down, down here. So it was good. Yeah, and I'm from Maryland. So Maryland. God brought me from Maryland the same time he brought her from yeah. Massachusetts. Perfect so. timing. The same <laughs> evangelist timing. had traveled through Maryland and, and also through Massachusetts. <gasps> and he had a school here in Florida, and we both came to it. <laughs> that is amazing. It's like, so somebody out there that says, where's my husband? Where's my wife? You know, the Lord is preparing. 
Lord is bringing, bearing. you know. Just keep yeah. doing what the Lord's telling you to do. Yep. And the amazing thing is, neither one of us was looking for a, 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 a partner, partner, looking for a relationship. We were just focused on our relationship with the Lord. Right. But God had another plan, and he, he knew how to get us to this ministry school where we could meet. And mm-hmm. the rest is history. <laughs> well, knowing your story a little bit, is it also your likes that you, the things that the Lord has put you to, you both have a missionary's heart. Um, it's not like she needs to be at home and you need to be out on the, on the mission field. You both have the same call and you, and you're both are helpmates, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that is something only God could do. Yes. You know, I don't think anything we could do, anything that we could connive, anything we could, you know, move the pieces in the right place. And, and for, for, the listeners out there, I would say this because this was an answer to prayer. This is going to help you single folks out there. The night before I left to come to Miami to the Bible school in the privacy of my own room, I just did this in the presence of God. I said, Lord, your word says that we are the bride of Christ, even though I'm a man. We're the bride. And I, and I did an invisible, like put a wedding ring on my finger and said, I marry myself to you, Jesus. But then I said this, but and if you have something else in mind, if you have a mate out there for me, you have to bring her into my life. And then I gave God a list of what I would like in a woman. And that was some of the main things that she'd have to love the Lord more than me because right. I didn't want to come between her and the Lord. She had to have a heart for the broken, the lost. In other words, the same thing that God was birthing in my heart, I wanted that same thing in my wife. Right. But I, di- I didn't even know I was looking for a wife. I just said that to right. the Lord, and, and this is what God did. It was an answer to prayer. Wow. And now, how old were you at that time? If I Oh, my. That was 15 years ago. Let's see. I was like 43. 43. So yeah. anybody there that is in their 40s is saying oh, <laughs> they've lost hope. Now we just showed it isn't, it's possible <laughs> yes. for them to find somebody, at, even at 43. Yes. <laughs> so that is, that is awesome. I was actually a little older than him. I yeah. didn't know that at the time. But I had been separated for eight years, and I had asked the Lord to please keep man away from me (laughs) and and the lord honored that but uh you know when um towards the end of that eight years i i thought lord you know if i ever should meet somebody again they're gonna have to be somebody that is sold out for you right there's nothing else that interests me and that's what happened donald's definitely sold out for the lord that's right the lord is number one that is a cool thing so that is exciting they there's there's still love in the air. <laughs> All right. Both of you have been called to the nations. What nations have you been called to? Well, it depends on when you ask that question, what nations have we been called to? Or should we say what nations have God sent us to? Okay. Because it's there's no specific nation that we've been literally called to right um even though costa rica we have been there about nine times back Mm -hmm. and forth like twice a year but it's mostly where god sends us to um like for instance i could just be going about my day and just praising and worshiping god or sometimes in work you're just so busy you're Mm -hmm. not even kind of thinking about god and 
it's catching the voice of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit might say, well, I want you to go to this nation. Okay. And I just say, okay, Lord, then you're going to have to make a way. You're going to have to make the connection. And this is how we travel. Every place we've went, it's been that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been to um, Trinidad, um, Colombia, South America, Bolivia, Peru, Argentina. Um, Donald went to those nations. I, I didn't go to those She nations. goes with me in the spirit. <laughs> in the spirit. <laughs> she, she's so she's not with you in all mission trips. Not no. all mission trips, um, but um, for the most part, yes. Um, all the all the trips to Costa, Costa Rica, Rica, we did we've together. Been together. Um, mm-hmm. We it's went, we went to the Bahamas and to okay. the Bahamas together, yeah. um, Pakistan, Pakistan together. Okay, um, we're getting ready to go to Africa in February of 2020 this year, okay. and um, to Kenya, to Kenya, yeah. And I just uh, I just went to Haiti last August. Okay, and so. But those are the nations God has sent us to. Okay. I can't really say He's called us to. He's just that calling. It's, it's more in sent our heart. than called. It's more sent than called by the Lord Himself, and because where He sends us, He provides for he provides, us. We yeah. we couldn't do this in our own strength. There's right. no way, yeah. Yeah. No physically way. or financially. No. Yeah. <laughs> there's been some different recovery programs that uh, Donald has ministered to in this country. Of course, in Maryland, every time we go back there. He's invited to go to the Celebrate Recovery Group there. Okay. And also in Massachusetts and Connecticut. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so this nation also, we minister around our own okay. area. Well, by the sounds of it, by your description, is, I mean, some ministries like um, Heidi Baker, Mozambique, she's called to that particular. That's that particular. Uh, Ryan Hunt Bucky was Africa, you know, that that was his mission field. But what, what you were saying, and it sounds like is God is calling you to all over the place, all over the world. And this is the picture that I had seen in my head when you were talking. You were wrapped up, both of you, like you were darts. And then there was a big map on the or of the world on the wall. And the Lord had you in his hands. And he looked at some place and he went, Poof. and then that's where you were going next. Yeah. You're, you're ready to go to wherever the Lord is sending you. And you have the faith and the belief that he will provide and he'll take care of you and he'll protect you because you went to some countries that some people would say, I ain't going there because they're not safe. Yes. You know, so it's my brother, you know, came to me when he found out I was going to Pakistan and said, what are you going there for? You know, right. He, he said, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. But when we know the Lord is saying to go, then we trust that he's protecting us. He's protecting you. Yeah. He's not going to leave you yeah. or forsake you. And, and God had a way of preparing us when he, it was one of them instances I was actually taking a shower and the spirit of God spoke to me, said, I want you to go to Pakistan. And I said, well, Lord, you want us to go to Pakistan? Then you're going to have to make the connection for us to get mm-hmm. there and you're going to have to provide. And so I came down and told my wife, I said, the Lord spoke to me while I was in the shower that he wanted me to go to Pakistan. And her first, uh, her first question was, am I going to? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. I got so excited. I didn't ask God. I said, so we prayed together and we asked the Lord if she was supposed to go with me. And he said, yes. Okay. And so God made the connection supernaturally through someone 
through Facebook. Of course, the enemy tried to send the false first. So mm-hmm. you got to watch out for those traps and snares. Right. The Bible tells us not to be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. So, so God makes the connection and we went to Pakistan. Well, he prepared us before that. And how he prepared us was he had us go to a, uh, a, a conference and um, I'm not going to say the name of the ministry here for the protection of the people in the right. ministry. And so we went to this conference where there were people who Christians who came in from persecuted nations and sharing their testimonies and stories and things that they were witnessing and things they've been through. And while we was in that meeting, because we, we couldn't take cell phones or cameras or nothing into this meeting. And while we was listening to this testimony of these other believers of horrible things they've been through in these these persecuted nations. And um, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, you know where I'm about to send you, it could cost you your life. And it kind of took me off guard. And I was like, yeah, Lord, what are you, what are you trying to say? And it said it again, you know where I'm about to send you, it could cost you your life. And I said, Lord, I said, my life is in your hands. I said, no one can do nothing to me. I said, if they do anything, if they kill us, I said, they're doing us a favor. We're coming to be with you. And the Lord said, now you're ready to go. And so I shared this with my wife in that meeting. I said, "You, you wouldn't believe what God just said to me. And I repeated to her, you know, God said to me that, um, you know, where he's about to send us, it could cost us our life. And her response kind of took me off guard. I just wasn't sure that I was ready to be tortured. Uh, you know, I think yeah. if, if we ever had to go through something like that, I just believe that God would get me through that too. Right. Because yeah. her response was, she said, I don't know if I'm ready for all that. And I kind of looked at her funny. She says, oh, I'm ready to die. She says, I just hope they make it quick, quick. and I don't have to be tortured. Yeah. So she says, I'm ready to go be with the Lord. And that's like, Okay, but um, God told us, you know, he was going to take us there. He was going to bring us back, and everybody did. They thought we were crazy for going there, and um, and so because not knowing anyone or anything, and it, it was a total, totally different world. It was an amazing trip, and we just we were introduced to just a, an amazing family of people. Wow. They have four generations of people. Every one of them served the Lord and is still serving the Lord great people now all the places you've been well let's start with the united states because you've been in the prisons and different places like that um what are some of the miracles some of the things um that you have seen god just do it right in front of you well i was at a um a pastor's luncheon here in fort pierce i guess about four years ago five years ago and a pastor showed up and he was sitting in his car out in the parking lot and there was something wrong with him. I was already in the building and I seen people kind of going toward the door and out the window and there was a nurse there. They said um, something happened to him. He, We didn't know it at the time, but he took 
his wife's medication that morning. He had medication, I think, that was to speed his heart up a little bit because he had low blood pressure. Okay. She had high blood pressure that she took to bring her heartbeat down, and he accidentally took her medication that morning. We didn't know that at the time. But basically, he died out in the parking lot, and oh. there was a nurse there who, who confirmed it, and the Holy Spirit started quickening me, said, go out there and command the spirit of death off of him. Okay. And right away, there's a crowd around him, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, Lord, how am I going to get in there? You know, our flesh, we want to kind of make excuses <laughs> as right. to why I shouldn't be in the middle of all this. I'm like, man, they got all these people around him, and how, I'm thinking, how am I going to get in there? About that time, they called me, come out here and help us get him. Get him in the car. The ambulance is on the way. And um, so I got over there, and I got behind him, and he just totally limped in my arms. Right. And we laid him in the parking lot, and the nurse is checking his vital signs. He was dead. He was dead. And right then, it just the Holy Spirit just quickened me. Put your hand on him and command the spirit of death off of him. So I laid my hand on his chest, and I just started commanding the spirit of death off of him in the name of Jesus. And and. I don't know. It seemed like an eternity to me, you right. know, when you're in that moment. And all of a sudden, the guy sets up. Not only I, when I started praying, all the other believers around also got their hands in there. And we, it was a group thing. We prayed over him. And um, he sat up. And he started praying in the Holy Spirit. He started praying in other tongues, which he'd never done that before. Neither oh, he wow. was his his uh, denomination didn't teach didn't on it. that. So, but he come up, came back to life, praying in other tongues. He was so overflowed with the joy of the Lord. He didn't even want to go to the hospital when the ambulance got there. And I told him, I said, no, go with the doctors. Let them examine you and let them give their report. I said, because we love to confirm what God has done. And so sure enough, they, they confirmed he died three times that day. He, he, there in the parking lot and then again on the way to the hospital. But I believe because of obeying God, this is why he's still alive today. Wow. He went to heaven, he came back, he came back to the meeting the next month and he shared his story with everyone, the things God he's seen and the things the Lord had said to him. Wow. So that was right here in our local area. Um, there was another occasion when Donald and I were going to the school in Miami and uh, one evening we had traveled up to a different church meeting with a friend Richard and uh, as we pulled into this dollar store parking lot um, the Lord gave Donald a word of knowledge that he was going to heal somebody in a wheelchair and just at that moment a lady came out of the dollar store in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. and so Donald said to Richard he said go lead that lady to the Lord we're going to park the car we'll meet you there in a few minutes and so so sure enough, Richard jumped out, went over and started speaking to her about receiving the Lord. She did. We we came up afterwards, and, and uh, Donald started to speak to her about, you know. This, this same Jesus, uh, I said, this, this, 
she, she, Richard told us he, he shared the gospel with her in a couple minutes and she received Christ. And I said, do you know that this same Jesus you received into your life, he's a healer and he's a miracle worker. And do you believe he can heal you? And she said, yes, I believe he can heal me someday. I said, no, 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 you're, you're, you're misunderstanding. He wants to heal you today, right here, right now in this parking lot. And so we prayed over her and I'm just basically did what we seen Peter and John do in the book of Acts, told her get up and walk that she was healed. And um, she got up out of that wheelchair and started dancing around in the parking lot. <laughs> and she's like, who are you people? Who are you? And we're like, our names are not important. Right. Remember, it's Jesus. It's He's the Christ. He's the son of the living God. I said, and now you can push your wheelchair home with your groceries and surprise <laughs> your family. So that was all, well, a couple stories from the United States. Mm-hmm. And then you've been doing missionary work for how many years now? Since 2010. For 2010. The last, last 10 so about years. 10 years. About 10, uh, actually 10 years because I think okay. it was in February 2010 when I went to. We've got plenty of time. So let's, you can start from and then work your way up. And as many as you feel the Lord is leading you to share is let's talk about some of the countries and some of the stories. Um, they can be whatever. When, when I was in. When the first trip I went on, I went with an apostle out of Miami, okay. and um, I went to Trinidad, and he was he was mostly for the most part preaching the nighttime meetings. We set up a tent, and um, down in Grand Lagoon, Trinidad, and and during the day I was taking people out and training for evangelism, mm-hmm. and we was leading people to the Lord, and so one night under the tent, he had me come up and speak before he did. Okay. And so I just basically, you know, said what the Lord put on my heart, and I started telling my testimony about how God delivered me from the drugs and 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 everything else in my life, you know, because I, I was a I was a pretty messed up person before I came to Christ. And after I got done sharing my testimony, I went and I sat down, and then the man of God come up starts preaching. Well, they came under the tent to get me, said, there's a guy out here. He would like to talk to you. And he was outside the tent. He didn't want to come under the tent because I guess he, he, he felt embarrassed, whatever. I right. don't know. But they took me out to talk to this guy. And he said, I was outside here listening, and I heard your story. And I didn't have to have an interpreter in Trinidad because they speak English. Okay. He said, I heard your story. He said, and, and I want what you got. And so I said, his name is Jesus. And I asked him if, if he was ready to give his life to Christ. So he said, yes. So I led him to the Lord. And then the Holy Spirit just took over. I, I, after I led him to the Lord, I just prayed that God would fill him with his spirit and everything. And the Holy Spirit took over in this man's life. I mean, he just started praying in tongues. And the amazing thing was he pulled all these drugs out of his pocket okay. and dumped them out all over the ground right in front of me. He said, I'm done with this. I don't need this anymore. That was because of that encounter with Christ. That was like an instant deliverance. Wow. And so it, it was pretty amazing. There was another deliverance. When we had gone to Costa Rica one time, they had brought us up to the top of this mountain where they had rescued girls off of the street who had no other way to support themselves, young girls that were prostituting themselves, but they had rescued them out of there and brought them up to this place to help them to have a more normal life. And and uh, while we were ministering there that night, <clears throat> there was a young girl who started manifesting demonic presence uh, with Donald. And so 
And so there was a deliverance that night. I'll, you can. Yeah, she um she she was into uh she was a homosexual and she said she didn't want to live like that anymore. And all I did, the Holy Spirit said to me, just release the fire of God over her. And that's all I did. And I actually had a picture in my mind where I snapped my fingers over her head. I've not done that since. Mm-hmm. I've just done it that one time. I just follow the right. leading of the Holy Spirit. And I just snapped my fingers over her head and I said, I released the fire of God over you. And she just went down under the power of God and just laid there and shook for a while. Again, a team of people laid their hands on her, started praying for her. Mm-hmm. And she came up off the floor. She was glowing. She was like a totally different person. Wow. Um, my church in Maryland, when I first got out of prison, because what happened with me, I had an encounter with Christ in a prison cell. I, I was sitting in prison facing 25 years, no parole, as a third-time loser in state of Maryland, drug dealer. And um, I cried out to God. I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I said, um, you know, I, I need a change in my life, basically. I said, if you get me out of this mess, I'll try to do right by you. And for the first time in my life, I heard God speak to me. And um, I heard a voice that said, Ecclesiastes. It's always said one word, one word from God. I'm telling you, listeners out there, one word from God can change your whole destiny. It can take you from on your way to hell to on your way to heaven, take you out of the kingdom of darkness and place you into the kingdom of God in the blink of an eye. And so that's what happened to me. I, I heard that voice and it totally freaked me out. And so... I said, whoa, God, are you speaking to me? And he didn't say anything, but that same word again, Ecclesiastes. I had a Bible in my cell, and I went in and I read it. And I started reading a book of Ecclesiastes, and it got to uh, chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. It says, it's better not to make a vow to God than to make a vow and not keep it, for God does not delight in fools paid at which you owe. And in that moment, the fear of God fell on me. And when I'm talking about the fear of God, I'm talking like a dreadful fear that said, I mean, uh, such a clarity happened that said, woe is me. I felt like the prophet Isaiah. I'm a sinful man in the presence of a holy God, and if he would punch my ticket right now, I knew I was on my way to hell. I fell on my face weeping like a baby, and I said, oh, Jesus, forgive me and my sins. Forgive me coming to my life. And in that instant, that other kind of fear left me, and the love of God consumed me. And God revealed himself to me as his father and started building a relationship through that, and he walked me through deliverance. But this is how I started hearing his voice. I I was alone in a prison. I had a Bible. I had the voice of the Holy Spirit. I didn't even know it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And so... Anyway, I got out of prison, and then this is when God started dealing with me about coming to Miami and how I met Katie and everything. But when I got out of prison, I finally went, I asked the Lord to lead me to a church because I understood I needed to get into a local church body and change. I couldn't go around my old friends. I didn't want to. I needed to make new friends and everything. So God led me to to an amazing Assemblies of God church where they believed in the gift of the Holy Spirit okay. and all that cool stuff. And so so I get in this church and um and there was a girl one day who started to have a seizure. And um there this, this was a pretty sizable church. There was probably at least I would say 700 people there on any given Sunday morning. 
And so here I am kind of new to the church scene, but I wasn't new to the voice and the quickening of the right. Holy Spirit. So this girl's having a seizure in the, in the church and they're calling 911. Well, the Holy Spirit starts jumping in me like a baby, quickening okay. my heart. And, and I'm in the middle of a, of a row of people. And so I kind of tapped the lady beside me, kind of nonchalant. And I'm like, ma'am, can you please let me by? I think I need to go over there. And the thing about this church, the pastors, the, the, the whole leadership, they were very welcoming of people. You know, mm -hmm. when I got out of prison, I didn't hide it from us. Right. First day at the church, they're like, uh, welcome, this is your first day here. I said, yes, I, I just got out of prison. I believe I'm called back to prison. He said, well, come on in. You see that guy over there? He's involved with prison ministry. He's a guy you want to talk to. That's how I believe the body of Christ right. should be. Not come in, sit under me two, three years, and let's prove yourself. You know, no, Let's get you into something mm -hmm. so you'll stick around. We, right. we, we want to help you learn by experience. So anyway, um, I go over here. And I get over there, and the associate pastor's there, Pastor Clarence. He's a dear friend of mine. He now runs that big Celebrate Recovery up there. But I get over there, and he's looking at me. I said, I, I, I believe God wants me to pray for this woman. Okay. And um, they knew God was using me in healings and miracles because I was coming in every week with things that was happening on the streets. And he says, go ahead, brother, pray for her. I wasn't sure what to pray. I just leaned in there, put my hand on the girl, and I started praying. And the Holy Ghost took over. I started mm -hmm. praying in other tongues. And she just went out on the floor. Mm -hmm. And she was out for like about 20 minutes. And she came too. And she was glowing. Mm -hmm. Well, right after that, I came to Florida. And I never knew what happened. Right. Well, as I started going back to Maryland a few years later, four or five years later, you know, because I was down here for a while while God was preparing me, and I was meeting Katie, and we was in the ministry school, and I go back up to Maryland, and they tell me, that girl that I prayed over, she never, ever had another seizure again, and she was wow. having these seizures regularly. But that's what the Lord's doing. It's not what Donald's doing. It's right. what the Lord is doing. Mm -hmm. God says if we are willing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. obedient, we will eat the fat of the land or we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's how I see that. Well, you what you are is a usable vessel. Yeah. You know, you um, just put yourself out there and say, okay, God, use me. That's it. You and know? It's that simple. It's really that simple. Right. And, and, and the thing is, how much head knowledge did you have at that time? Not a lot. Not, not a lot not or a none. Lot. Not a lot. So it's like people that are out there and says, well, I have to sit down and read the Bible every day for a year before I can even pray for somebody, or I have to pray every day for an hour, or, you know, you don't have to do that. No, you don't. I mean, if you do it, okay, but you don't have to do it. God will right. use you right. just as you are. Amen. Especially so. if you just, you know, if you're just looking and willing you know, there was, we, we were at a Walmart and at the, at the checkout stand and I just happened to look uh, down the end of the store past us and there was a lady sitting on a bench there and her head was in her hands. She was obviously distraught about something. So while Donald was paying the bill, I just went, went over and I said, could I pray for you? I said, is there something bothering you? I said, could I pray for you? And she said, yes, I'm having health issues, something about her knee. And 
I forget the details, but, you know, nothing fancy. Just said a simple prayer. You know, Lord, please touch her, touch her knee and, um, and help her. And, and then I walked back to the, back to the uh, register. And a minute later, she came over to both of us and she said, what did you do? What did you do? She said, <laughs> I, I uh, said, what do you mean? And she said, I, I feel something. She said, something's tingling all over me. I said, well, it's just the Holy Spirit. You know, <laughs> you don't have to pray anything fancy. Right. But you do have to believe that when you pray, you receive. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing what God is, is doing and, and yeah, or has done in the past, but also doing. And one of the things I always ask my guests, you know, when they're telling us stories of what God has done, I always want to emphasize to my listeners that it's not the God of the past. It's the God of the past, the present, and the future. Mm-hmm. What are you really seeing the Lord doing today and tomorrow right now in your lives he, he he's the god of now but i, I want to i just want to interject one more miracle okay. here they don't even have to understand your language, language. <laughs> we was in pakistan and um we preached at this this uh home church and there was a by the time we got to prayer, there was so many people was coming because they were listening out in the alleyways. Right. And we didn't know, and um, I'm back here in the corner with my interpreter praying over this lady who's in a wheelchair, and I'm like, "Yes, Lord, I want to see you raise this woman out of this wheelchair." You know, I'm getting pumped. God's gonna do this amazing thing. Well, they come over. She comes over and grabs me and the interpreter and says, "Come over here. I don't know what's happening." And she prayed. What had happened, Katie had prayed over this little girl. I'll let her tell you in her own wor- words. I, I just, I know the, there was, it seemed to me an older sister and a younger sister, and they asked me to pray for the younger sister. So um, she didn't even have an interpreter. They couldn't right. understand what right. she was, right. she couldn't understand what was happening. Right. I didn't understand what, what was happening exactly, but um, I prayed over her and. She, the younger sister started singing and the other, the older sister started to try to tell me something, but I couldn't understand it. So I went to get the interpreter and bring him over. And when he came over, he said that the little girl had never been able to speak and she hadn't been able to hear. Wow. But as we were uh, praying over her, uh, there were some people behind her singing and she started singing the song with them. Wow. Behind her. They were behind, behind her. her. She so couldn't she couldn't see, see him. him. She couldn't see him. She could hear him. And she started picking up on the tune and singing it with him. Wow. A, a, a little girl, she must have been probably 11, right. 12 years old, never spoke Maybe. in her life, yeah. couldn't hear. Yeah. Maybe and, more like eight, and her yeah. sister was 11. Wow. But, yeah, so that was that was pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you don't really, it doesn't take a genius or somebody amazing it's it's the amazing god that's willing to work through you if you're willing to right that's the biggest word that i just get (laughs) willingness willingness that if you're willing god will use you i think that's one of the reasons why as us prophetic people that sometimes we don't really start our day off and say okay god give us somebody to pray for because we you know might be nervous or we might be insecure because God will give you somebody that day yes. that you need to pray for. Yes. You know, and that's just stretching you. We say, okay, because he won't leave you high and dry. 
he'll have a word for you for somebody. It could be in the parking lot of Walmart or in Walmart. In Walmart, yeah. in anywhere, anywhere, right outside your door to your neighbor. Um, it, it, yeah. You had asked what God's doing now. Okay. Um, you know, one of my older sisters who was sick for a couple years, she wasn't a believer. She, she came to the Lord at the end of her life here. Okay. And she just passed away. And we went up to the funeral in Maryland. We was only going for the funeral. Well, God started giving me dreams before the funeral. And I could see myself speaking to my family in, the, in a way that, because when I'm out on the mission field and I'm preaching different places, this anointing comes on me where I'm a preacher of the gospel. Right. But I actually seen myself just talking to my family. And um, God started giving me parables to share with them in a way they could understand it. And I knew God wanted me to speak at her funeral. Okay. And I was like, I was like, oh, Lord. I called my brother-in-law and I said, uh, you all got a pastor speaking at this funeral. I said, because I know she didn't know the Lord or anything. Because I, I led her to the Lord right there at the end of her life. And um, he says, well, there's, there's a minister who comes along with the price of the funeral. I said, well, I believe God wants me to speak at the funeral. So they talked to the pastor, and he was glad God brought me up there. And that he's because he's like the hardest thing for us to do as ministers is speak at funerals, you know, because you're speaking to family members, people you didn't know personally, and you're trying to relate the message of the gospel, and plus, you know, do it in a way that you're not making people feel condemned. Right? He said, I'm glad you stepped up because it's your family, you know them. And so I did. I, I was able to share at my sister's funeral, and I was amazed. There was probably 150 people showed up. But the thing I want to get across here is, you know, going to countries where I could get killed, mm-hmm. um, going to places where I don't know who's picking me up on the other end. You know, God tells me to fly in, and all they got is a picture of me on a telephone, and I'm just like, okay, Lord, I trust they're going to be here. Or like when we flew into Pakistan, the guy changes, well, I'm not going to be there to pick you up. My uncle's coming to get you now. And it's like, we didn't know. We just said, Lord, whoever's here to pick us up, show us. And we right. turned around, and we seen right. the person. And we had arrived there at like 1130 at night, so it was... It was dark, and there was strange people around us. Oh. We did not speak the but, language. But what, what I'm getting at here, speaking to my family at that funeral was the hardest message I had to oh, do. It was. it was the hardest thing I had to do because these are your family members. So what did I do? I just talked about my sister, how she came to the Lord, but I talked about my testimony also, how, well, all you all know me. Something happened to me 15 years ago. It was Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul said this. He said, I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. I didn't come to you with excellency of speech and in wisdom of man's words, but I came to you in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. So what am I saying? It's okay to be afraid to do things, but don't let that fear consume you and stop Stop you you. from doing them because you put your trust in the Lord and you just step out. And trust that he's going to give you the right things to say. Because I knew God didn't want me 
preaching to my family. Right. I knew my sister didn't like preachers. I knew if I carried a Bible to the podium, half of them would have left the funeral home. Mm-hmm. I just talked to them. Right. And it amazed me at the end. They'd come up, they hugged me, they shook my hand, they thanked me, and even a couple of them asked if me and Katie could do their funeral. You know, because the last thing I said when I, I closed with a prayer, and then I said, I just want to let everyone here know. And I had my wife stand up so that, because she didn't meet some of all my family. I mean, this right. is one place all the family was there. And I just said, I just want to let you know, me and my wife, we're here for you. We're here to serve you. And they're right. thinking, this ain't the Donald we knew. Right. You know, but that was one of the most scariest things I've ever done was speak the gospel to my own family like that and so but the lord gave him some very simple ways of getting the message to them one of them was that if you had a parachute and you were jumping out of a plane it wouldn't help you unless you pulled the cord of the parachute you've got to pull that cord and uh another one was just you know if you went to a pizza shop you know, you could pick up a frozen pizza from Walmart and that would taste okay. But if you had one that was freshly made from right. a bakery, it would taste so much better. And he said, he said, um, I forget exactly how you said it, but Jesus is that fresh baked pizza. He's much better. You, you, you could settle for the, the, the imitation, but there's nothing like the real thing. Right, so, right. But that is cool. That that's something that the Lord had just done recently. Okay. And so Thanks for tuning in to the Millennium Beat Podcast. That was Donald and Katie Nally, part one, talking about their story and some interesting things that have happened to them throughout the years. Next week we're gonna pick up the conversation with Donald and Katie and they're gonna be talking about the books they've written. Thank you again for joining us and I like to thank my guest, Donald and Katie Nally. Thank you for being here. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production. For more information, you can check us out on the web at www.themillenniumbeat.com. If you need to contact us with a story by phone, you can call us at 407-624-9957 by email stories at themillenniumbeat.com.